Welcome to Cat Chat, the pet talk podcast devoted to the physical and emotional well-being of cats and their people. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give your kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment. My co-host is the feline expert, Dr. Michael Maria Delgado, along with other cat authors and experts. The show is brought to you with the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, a company privately owned by Dr. Bruce Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose mission has been to personally formulate a wide variety of litters for all types of cats, so they keep using their litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. Dr. Elsie also created his own cat food, Clean Protein, wet and dry foods that are specifically appropriate for a cat's nutrition needs because they're based on the protein a cat eats naturally. Clean Protein is the first dry cat food I can recommend because it's based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my New York Cat Film Festival which brings together short films from around the world that celebrate kitty cats. It would be impossible for me to bring this delightful joy to people without Dr. Elsie's generosity. The fifth annual New York Cat Film Festival will premiere this fall in New York City and then travel to theaters across America and Canada, with a portion of every ticket going to local cat welfare organizations. Please show your appreciation of Dr. Elsie's support by choosing their products, whenever you can. I am here with Brian Porter. He's actually Dr. Brian Porter, a multiply talented veterinarian, but he's a novelist, so he calls himself Brian Porter in his, uh, not his day job. Dreams of Arcadia is his novel. You can listen to my interview with him about it on Dog Talk and Kitties too. But I learned while I was in touch with him before our interview that unfortunately his mother passed away and that was obviously the unfortunate part, but then the the kind of addendum was that her cat, Scooter, and Scamper needed a home, and Brian has provided it. Brian, welcome to Cat Chat, and thank you for being such a fine son, and I guess we could say uncle to the kitties, but because so many people, when someone's life ends, all the pieces of their life kind of unravel, and often we find cats in particular who wind up at a shelter, possibly euthanized, because nobody wants them. And I, I really salute you for taking on the challenge of two grown kitties and bringing them into your home, where you have other animals, I think, right? Uh, well, thank you for having me, Tracy. Um, no, no, we currently are, are without pets, and we were kind of anticipating getting these two cats. Oh, I uh, see, because your mom so. was in failing health. <laughs> exactly, and, and so um, we... We don't have any other pets right now. Well, that's that's lucky because if you had dogs or s- certainly one or more other cats, that would be much more of a challenge. So, what as a as a professional veterinarian, but not one who has necessarily dealt with this issue before, what did you do to prepare yourself, your house, and then I guess the cats for this transition from a house they'd been in for how long? Their litter mates. How long had they lived with your mom? Yeah, so these cats, we're not even sure their age. Uh, I think they're about 11, roughly. Wow. And they've lived pretty much their whole life in this house after they were adopted as, as kittens. And so very set in their ways, <laughs> for sure. And not exactly um, 
Well, they have some behavioral issues. Okay, we're going to discuss those. But that is a huge ask of a cat. Cats are more Mm -hmm. territory-driven, they say, than human-driven, i.e. the cat would probably, if you sell a house or somebody passes away, the cat would probably prefer to stay in that place and deal with new people rather than deal with people they might even know but live in a new place. I mean, this is a generalization about cats, but it might very Mm -hmm. well apply to two 11-year-olds. So knowing that they had their routines and their spots that they liked by a window or a couch or wherever their tree, if they had a cat tree, might have been, did you try to bring a lot of the stuff that had been theirs or was that just would that was that not technically possible? Yeah, we did, and that was uh, to my wife's credit. She had the idea we should, you know, take the litter box, the smart food bowls, water bowls, smart lady, and toys, all of those things, and and so we we have all that. And what we did is we we were empty nesters. We our son is is out of the house, and so we had his old bedroom, smart. and we converted that to our cat room. <laughs> Very smart. And, yeah, so bought a scratching post, a cat tree, and put a bed in there that hadn't been in there before, so they had somewhere to hide. Wow. And, and put the litter box and food bowls and everything in there, and that's where we put them when we got them. And so they, they're still not quite ready to come out of that room. They, um, they've been here about three days now, and last night they came out for, for quite a while, which was, was good. But they're spending most of their time in that room under the bed. <laughs> that You know, that's just a fascinating idea. You have a room without a bed, and yet you mm-hmm. bring a bed in because cats need somewhere to hide. That's really nice. I mean, that's so thoughtful. Also, bringing the things that are familiar to them, particularly with their familiar sense, is so mm-hmm. vital. So if anybody's in this situation, if you can take cats from where they were living as opposed to from a shelter, in which case they don't really have attachment to the place, we hope. If you can bring their ingredients, as I like to refer to all that stuff that your wife was smart enough to bring, don't wash it. Whatever you do, don't wash it. They like the smells. It's what makes them feel safe and at home and like Mm -hmm. they're grounded. So don't go buy a bunch of new stuff. Or in your case, you were very kind. You bought them a cat tree. If they didn't have one, they certainly would have Mm -hmm. appreciated having one. But don't wash stuff. The smell they put on it, and if you can, if you if you can get some pheromone spray, there's feel away, there's comfort zone. They're all basically the same stuff. You can spray a comfortable place like the cat tree or even under the bed. But it seems seems like you didn't need to do that. Are they using the cat tree as far as you know? Not yet, um, but. They are using the litter box, interesting. Thank God. <laughs> the main thing we were worried about, because that was one of the behavioral problems that I had mentioned earlier, was that sometimes they don't always use the litter box. And part of that is due to kind of the stress of, of their environment where, at my mom's, because she had caregivers around the clock and constantly new people coming in the house. And Very that kind stressful. of upset their routine. Very stressful yeah. for cats. That's an interesting yeah. point. And also, the litter box, my guess is there was only one litter box and not two. And possibly it was in a high traffic-ish area where these new people were coming and going, and maybe not clean twice a day. Yeah, definitely not clean twice a day. And one of them was out in the cat cage. They had a, actually had a cage at my mom's house, you know, with a little door trap door to go through. And the other one was inside, but it was a, a fairly high traffic area, I guess. And so that may have been part of it. I've never heard of a cat cage. You mean a catio? 
You mean an outdoor area where a cat could come and go at will or something different? Yeah, right, exactly. Just a, an area that's got a, you know, caged off on the, on their, it was on a carport. Oh, interesting. That's very nice mm-hmm. if you can do that. But both cats didn't use it, only one? Well, both of them would, would use it, yeah. And, and I should mention, one of them is obese. Oh, baby. <laughs> and so I, yeah, so he, part of our, our goal is to slim him down uh, now that we can control his food a lot better. Wow. And he had trouble getting through the door at times because of oh, his, my goodness. his girth. Oh, the yeah. poor guy. So to those people <laughs> listening, um, and as a veterinarian, we can talk actually about how to slim down a cat because of fatty liver disease. So let's just mm-hmm. take a minute to talk about how to help an overweight cat lose weight. I would just say, and I'd like to know your thoughts on this, that exercise is not the answer. Cats are not uh, treadmill creatures. They're not mm-hmm. running creatures. They're, that's not the, the nature of a cat. So you can't exercise off their fat. And you also can't go on a crash diet, whatever you might think that is, because a cat needs to lose fat gradually. So Brian, talk a little bit about, to the extent that you can or want to, about fatty liver disease and the and the danger of trying to get a cat to lose its fat too quickly. Yeah, so yeah, if cats stop eating, you know, abruptly for any reason, from illness or stress or whatever, you know, they mobilize body fat and it goes to the liver and overwhelms yes. the liver's ability to, to metabolize it. So then that makes them sick or even more sick than they were and they yes. don't eat and it's yes. just kind of a kind of a vicious cycle that ensues and so that we were really worried about that with this, this cat we thought he would you know get so stressed that he would stop eating but luckily he's he's chowing, <laughs> chowing along just like he always did so, <laughs> so um, my uh, other advice to people and and this goes counter to what is taught in veterinary school sadly but many feline only vets believe it ardently is that Kitty crack, which is a term that I that I coined for any dry food, which is highly processed carbohydrates for the obligate carnivore, is often at the at the base of obesity in cats. Mm-hmm. Whereas wet food, meat, will not only help them lose weight, but is appropriate for their metabolism. And the reason that I'm aware of the fatty illness disease worry is because when this show was live on Sirius and people would call in and they would hear me talk about kitty crack and after I described it for a while that the the cat system is calibrated, if you will, like a Ferrari for meat only, no carbs, and you're feeding it all these carbs around the clock and it gets packed on as pounds because the body doesn't know what to do with it. They were also thinking, well, the sooner the better. And I realized I had to caution everyone slowly is it like a one pound a week? I forget there was some kind of a formula that one of the feline-only vets told me, and I wanted to tell people that a, a cat shouldn't lose more than one pound a week. Does that sound right, or is that a little vague? Yeah, I, I really not, I'm not sure. I, I need to read up on that. Well, there isn't much research done about it because, unfortunately, yeah. the veterinary community says, oh, your cat's overweight. Let me feed you some different highly processed, dry, carbohydrate-heavy food that's called diet food but it's still carbs. So the yeah. body still packs it on it as pounds. When you say that, that the, so it's better to give many small meals of meat if possible to an overweight cat, you know, small ones like three or four a day if possible, as if it was a kitten. But mm-hmm. what it, what have you been doing? Well, we just started. Um, the main thing with him is he was getting dry food and, and more than he needed for sure. 
and so we're we're gonna wean them off that first, I think, and and feed canned food more Yay. more frequently. Yay! So hopefully that's gonna make a difference. That's gonna work. I would lo- I would love to have you come back in about a month because that's in an obese cat it'll probably even be more dramatic. But I had the the Waruva Biggest Kitty Loser contest saying to people if you think your cat's even a little overweight just feed canned food for two weeks, no carbs. And yes, mm-hmm. weaning them off the carbs because it does have an addictive um, reaction in some cats, even on a brain level, a chemical brain level. So that's really smart, the weaning, especially for a guy who who experiences stress by not eating. You wouldn't want to shock him, right? And he goes, I don't know what that wet stuff is. I better just yeah. not eat anything. So that's great that you're going to do that. And do you have two litter boxes or one in their special cat room? Just one right now. And that's working for them? It is, yeah. Because you clean it a lot. Right. Which, you know, that's, of course, that's paramount. One of the reasons that there's the rule of one litter box per cat in a household, just to explain to people, is because often there are cats that are having territorial issues. Who crosses whose, you know, demarcation line? And can they safely or feel that they can safely go to a litter box without being harassed, hounded, attacked, uh, pressured, stalked, whatever it is that the other cat might do? It is possible to have only one litter box if you're really tidy about it twice a day. If the cats have made an arrangement with each other, your turn to pee, I won't watch, you know, right, that kind of thing. Um, so uh, the, the litter box rule could be, could be changed in a situation like this where two two cats have lived together harmoniously but with their life upended a bit with your mother's health decline. So that out-of-litter box problem was really situational. It wasn't the cats, right? I think so, yeah. I think it was more just the, the stress of, of a lot of new people in the house. So when you let when they came out at night, you just leave the door open and you don't do any, here, kitty, kitty, you just let them come and do what they want, right? Well, like last night, we, we opened the door, and we did encourage them to come out, and, and they did. Oh, good. And they stayed out for, for, I don't know, 30 minutes or more. And then today, they <laughs> they come up to the door, and they look around, and still not sure about it. Oh, but. bless their little hearts. So they come to the open doorway, look around, and go, nah, maybe not today. Like Like the character said about making a vegetable garden in your wonderful book, Dreams of Arcadia. Maybe not today. But they will get there. And... I just really want to salute you and your wife because taking in senior animals who are set in their ways and trying to understand what's bugging them, how to make them more comfortable, but also fit into your life and your lifestyle is an act of great generosity. And I think it's a tribute to your love for your mother and your support of the life she had to keep these guys going they could they could certainly live another decade maybe you don't want to think that but they could live another decade and with the great care you're giving them it very possibly might happen so thank you for sharing the scooter and scamper story and for those of you curious about dreams of arcadia it's a wonderful novel about a city vet who goes to become a rural vet in texas and the challenges that he faces. It's really, really a wonderful journey to a place you've probably never been. Thank you again, Brian Porter, and um, for being such a good uncle to the cats. Thank you, Tracy. 
Thanks for listening, and I also want to thank Wonderside for their support. It's a company founded and run by a woman entrepreneur who wanted to find an effective way to keep fleas, ticks, and other pests away from her pets and home instead of putting toxic chemicals in or on them. Wonderside makes plant-powered products to keep parasites at bay without dousing your cats and property with ingredients that are harmful to them and the planet. A final pause up to Dr. Elsie's for all the fine products they make and their unwavering support of my mission to make life better for each and every kitty cat and their people. If you have cat problems or questions you'd like me to talk about on the show, please write me to Tracy at TracyHotchnerPets.com.